So it's me again. Um, I'm literally at work at my desk, like typing emails, talking to clients, um, assigning clients to individual therapists, like all the things. Um, and I was one of the interns texted me and asked me a question, and it made me remember something. So um, remember how I've been mentioning like the group, one of the groups that I'm co-facilitating has been like very instrumental in like me taking the podcast seriously again and then like making more episodes being creative with how I like related information um well yeah that just happened again (laughs) and one thing I was thinking about is um to remind you all that healing is not linear like I think we think that you realize that you have a problem you go to therapy you show up you talk in session you go home, live your life, and then at some point you're all healed and like everything is great. And that's just not how it works, unfortunately. Um, so much so, in fact, to where um, when we do clinical assessments, um, there is a part of our informed consent document that says um, it talks about the benefits of therapy, but then also the not consequences. I can't remember what we call it in the form, and I don't have it in front of me, but. Um, basically like the risk that's what it's called what is happening okay it's Thursday it's been a long week um the the risk of therapy that's what it is so we talk about the benefits and the risk of therapy um and one little known fact that people don't know about the risk of therapy is that um now it's not anything crazy like you may die um in the same way that that could be a risk of like receiving medical services um or surgery or something like that Um, it's not that extreme to some extent when it comes to therapy, but it is this idea of like therapy won't always be comfortable. Like therapy won't always be like, you know, heal or or I won't say not healing um, because healing is a process. Um, it won't always be positive. I'm gonna say that like, because we go through life, um, having coping skills, usually maladaptive ones. So ones that we have learned to use to survive that are not helpful one long term and then two are not helpful in terms of allowing us to truly adapt to our environment it just makes us feel better about um the changes that are happening and yeah not having to go through the hard psychological and sometimes physical work of like adapting to a situation um in the healthiest way so our brain loves shortcuts our brain loves what's familiar whether it's bad for us or not um so yeah that's just what it is but in therapy we the goal is to like get better but i.e through a more direct approach which honestly the more that i do this work i'm realizing that it's essentially spiritual and psychological quote-unquote surgery in the same way that a surgery would be for like a medical doctor. Um, for those of you all who know me personally, my ex-husband is an anesthesiology resident. He's, he's in his last year of his anesthesia um, residency. And so like you talk about all the time, like, okay, there are risks and like, well, there are benefits to anesthesia, but there are also risks. Like you might not wake up. Like um, you might not fully fall asleep to where like there are stories of people who have like, been somewhat conscious of their surgery but then wasn't able to really like vocalize it because they were like anesthetized enough to like lose kind of some of their faculties but not enough to not feel pain at all 
Um, and then we know like the long-term, not long-term side effects, but like we know the side effects of surgery, like once you wake up, um, like you wake up like dazed and confused. It takes you a while to like come from up under like the drug. Like for some people it takes a little longer, for some people it happens quite fast, but nonetheless, like there's variations in recovery time from the anesthesia alone, let alone like whatever surgery you have, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm having a lot of thoughts because I'm also realizing I'm like I um I had surgery when I was a kid. Then my sister's like a pediatric nurse. She works on the trauma floor. So I'm like, oh my god, I didn't realize how many like medical people I have in my family and how like yeah how this has become like a medical analogy. But that's it's not about that. <laughs> the point is that healing is not linear, um, and it's a process, and that applies to psychological services or mental health services also or just like mental health healing psychological healing like all of those things um it's a process so one you have to you have to do it because if you don't like you won't get better um with trauma trauma is one of those things that's like just like not thinking about it doesn't make it go away in fact it makes it worse um not talking about it definitely makes it worse doesn't make it go away no matter how much time has passed um, a lot of trauma survivors have a hard time because they have been in survival mode for so long, having a long time or a hard time even understanding how the trauma has impacted them, let alone like how they want to improve and move forward. Because like I said, I mentioned before in the group, we've been having a hard time, like under, like clients have been having a hard time understanding how their trauma even impacted them. Even if they can like verbally tell you what the trauma was, they have a hard time explaining um how it impacted them because at some point who you are in response to the trauma becomes I feel like I'm repeating myself it's like who you are um who you become in response to the trauma becomes who you are okay I was like what is happening yeah so um so you start to think that your trauma response is your actual personality when in fact it's not like your personality becomes like how you responded to trauma and then depending on how young you are you never realize that that's not the best way to do things because your brain doesn't care it's like how do we stay alive and not die um and whether that's healthy or not healthy adaptive not adaptive good for you in the long term or not your brain doesn't care about that all it cares about is survival so just a reminder that like even if the process is hard it's supposed to be Unfortunately, a lot of therapists, trauma therapists do a better job of it because it literally, like, in order to do true trauma therapy, a lot of the first sessions are um, really establishing, like, trauma history of the client, really understanding, like, what their triggers are, really understanding what their coping skills are, whether they be adaptive or maladaptive, really understanding, like, their risk for self-harm or suicide or things like that because... Um, all of those will come into play. And we know that talking about trauma often creates experiences in which the person feels like they're reliving the experience. And if they have not learned how to um, calm themselves down and or regulate their emotions in a healthy way, that can be very dangerous um, if you're allowing clients to like talk about their trauma and process in session, but then just like, not explaining that to them and or just sending them back out into the world because a lot of times they are dysregulated and a lot of, and they don't even know sometimes so um 
yeah, they they know like, okay, I have to be in therapy. I have to be doing this thing in order to get better, but not realizing that one of the risks of therapy is that for a while, um, not forever, obviously, but in the very beginning stages, um, getting better or quote unquote healing may feel very scary, may feel very dark, may feel very like dysregulating or just, just make you feel bad. Like, I don't even know another way to say it, just bad, terrible, all the things. Um, and when done again with a trained professional in a controlled, safe environment, um, that's just part of the process. But like I said, a lot of therapists don't always explain that. So if you are in therapy and your therapist has not explained that to you, one, chances are just because you feel better, you don't like it, or you feel like it's doing you more harm than good. It might not always be because something is being done wrong. It could just be part of the process, but then also like, have that conversation with your therapist because at the end of the day, like they work for you. Like we work for you all. It's not like the other way around. So, um, and as a trauma survivor or anyone that has, it's just like honestly receiving a service. Like it is a great way to help you learn how to identify your needs and be able to express those needs because we also know that trauma survivors have a hard time identifying what their needs are and they're asking for help or asking for support um, and on the opposite, setting boundaries when people um, aren't meeting their needs or doing things that are harmful to them. So um, have that conversation with your therapist. But yeah, uh, like I said, I was having a conversation with an intern and we were talking about something related, but um, it made me think of that like uh, healing isn't linear. And so, yeah, if you've been in the quote unquote and social media and like, which I appreciate I appreciate our generation in making therapy, like, we we actually talk about therapy. We actually encourage each other to go to therapy. Like, we are um, highlighting, like, the benefits of therapy and talking about um, why it's a good reason to go. And, like, healing has become, like, a, a very, like, popular term to use. And, like, I don't know, almost kind of romanticized, though. So I just want to be mindful of us getting into the habit or remind us to not get into the habit of romanticizing healing and or expecting healing to be a straightforward process an easy process and honestly a pretty process like it's not pretty at all like at all um so yeah just remembering that um that's all I got though I just wanted to check in with that and until (laughs) until something else comes to my mind that's all I got I'm also, like I said, I'm still working on trying to figure out what I want to do to kind of bridge the gap between um, the podcast and then being able to reach me directly. Because, like I said, people know me personally, and there are people that I follow on Instagram. On Instagram, people just DM me. Like, people that know me just text me. But if you don't fall into, into those two categories, um, then it may be harder for you to, like, give me feedback and or reach out if you need me. So I'm trying to figure out a way to make myself more accessible, if that makes sense. Um, but if you listen to the last episode, there is a link to my Instagram page, so um, you can reach out to me there until I figure out another solution. Um, but yeah, hopefully something I said today was helpful. Hopefully, um, yeah, it's useful and it was worth your time listening. Um, but I'm about to get back to work because it's literally the middle of the day and I still got stuff I need to do. So happy Thursday. Have a good day and I will talk to you all soon.